think about the future. Welcome to Future of Marketing, presented by Tint, the world's most powerful user-generated content platform. Each week, we interview leading marketers to uncover their routines, strategies, and perspectives. With the latest in marketing, here's our host, Yvonne Aldaz. Welcome to today's episode of Future of Marketing. We have Ricky Murray with us today. He is the Senior Director of Marketing for Z Prime. And Z Prime produces influential research and events such as the Energy Thought Summit. Hi, Ricky. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Excited to talk to you today. I've heard great things about you. Awesome. Yes, likewise. I'm one of my colleagues connected to us, and I'm, I'm really excited to be talking to you today. Yeah, totally. So tell me a little bit about what you do for a living. What does your day look like? What do you do in your role? You just got promoted to Senior Director of Marketing, so congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I'm the Senior Director of Marketing at Z Prime. I like to tell people Z Prime is a media research and events company because we really touch all, all forms of media with event content and research content and all of the above. As the Senior Director of Marketing, I oversee quite a few departments, our digital marketing and our, and our physical marketing. And so I, I lead a team internally at Z Prime. A typical day-to-day -day for me is meeting with various teams throughout Z Prime. We have a VR vertical that we are producing. We also have a new platform that we're launching. So there's lots of things at Z Prime that really keep us busy across the whole company. Nice. And how, how large is your team, just for context? We are a team of five. And so it's, I oversee events professionals, our digital marketing team, our social media team, and our graphic designers. Nice. Awesome. Okay. And as far as the blogs and websites, is there anywhere that you like to go for your industry insights? One of my most recent discoveries pre-COVID was an organization here in Austin called Best Practices Media, and they had linked up with Social Media Week. And so Social Media Week is a really big one that I always advocate for. I think it's now part of Ad Week, but given the COVID times, Social Media Week has actually turned into just a year. So I like to call it Social Media Year. Besides that, though, I also follow a few influencers across various social media platforms. What's your favorite social media platform? At the moment, ugh, I'm going to say it is TikTok. I really, I can't get enough and it's the content that I need in my life. <laughs> I agree. I go on TikTok after a long stressful day and that's my go-to every single time. You'll learn something, you'll laugh. It's, it has everything there. And yeah, and I've learned it's my love language that that a lot of my friends will now just send me TikToks. And if they don't send me TikToks, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you wake up to 80 TikToks from a friend, that's real love. Yeah, it is. It is. What's something interesting or surprising that you've learned in the last few months? Recently with one of my colleagues, and it's that as marketers, I think we're all naturally just very creative people. And I've learned over, really more so over the past year that if I'm not mentally fit or my mental health really isn't in the best shape, I can't be as fun and creative. And so I've really learned to take care of myself and to find different outlets such as TikTok um, to 
that really helped stimulate my creativity when working and just being creative in life. I agree. I think TikTok is the platform to be if you need that little creative boost. Like the kids, Gen Z, what are they doing nowadays? That is crazy. <laughs> yes, but I'm learning the dances though. I'm not posting them, but I'm learning them. So. That's funny because I have a couple of drafts in there too that I'm like, you know what? I don't think the world's ready for this just yet. So. <laughs> I agree. Based on TikTok or what you're seeing on these social channels, especially marketers, what do you think everyone in marketing or social media should stop doing? The number one thing I really think people should stop doing is worrying so much about their competitors. I've had quite a few personal clients reach out. They're like, my competitors are doing this and we need to focus more. That I think is not what people in social media want. I think on social media, you're, people are longing for connection on some platforms and are trying to find a way to hear different stories that are different from their own. And I think when we're too busy focusing on competitors, that's when we start to lose that other portion. No, I completely agree. And I feel, I always say that social media is not to sell. Social media is to be social. So we need to bring that back. And I feel like TikTok is doing that for us. It really is. It really is because it's similar to the past year because through like video chats and stuff, you get to, it's a more personal lens. There's a few video chats where we're now seeing into people's kitchens or their living rooms. And that's a little bit of a personal connection that we really didn't have before. And I think with TikTok, it's similar in that sense. A lot of TikToks are taken in people's homes or on adventures that they're having throughout the world. So it's that personal connection, really. Yeah. So what's something that you think marketers should start doing or do more <laughs> of? Some, something that I talk to my team a lot about is oversimplification. I think we, we're very used to, oh, we're doing this job every day, Monday through Friday. I know these products like the back of my hand. So I think we start, sometimes people start to form the conclusion that people know more than they really do. And so a, a rule I have is if it's simple enough for like a fifth grader to understand, then it's good to go. It's simple, it's to the point, and really our attention spans are so short that it needs to be simple. <laughs> yeah, someone in a different podcast just told me that Gen Z's attention span is now two seconds, which is the equivalent of a goldfish. So I'm totally with you on oversimplification and I completely agree with that. Like you have to think of your content in a way that your grandma or a fifth grader, like you said, can understand it because you can't assume that everyone knows what you're saying. Right. And previously to this, I came from education. So I had a supervisor who used to always say that she would say, Hey, if my fifth grader can understand it, we're good to go. So it's something that I've actually taken from a previous experience into um, my marketing job now. Yeah. It's more like be clear, not clever. The cleverness will come. Put a cool meme or, or a funny gif, right? Great. So, yeah. That's true. That's where the creativity comes. That's why you need to go for TikTok and, and get some creativity. So let's talk about authenticity for a second. Why do you think user or employee generated content are so valuable for brands? I really feel like it's, 
that it's one of the most valuable pieces just because for me, I know most of the time I don't want to hear from a corporation. I would rather hear from someone who's talking really well about that corporation. So for me on social media, sure, I might follow um, Subway or something, but I don't want to hear from Subway. I maybe want to hear from the consumers of Subway and how the things they're doing there are really helping them. And so user-generated content is one of my favorite things. I love when people do like hashtag testimonial Tuesdays where they're really like showing their customers and they're showing their users and you're getting, yet again, that personal experience that you don't typically get from a bigger brand. That's true. You want to do business with people and on brands. Right. And I think that's where social media, like social influencers really are super successful. 100%. And we're starting to see that employees are becoming influencers now. Hence, employee generated content is also on the rise. So we were talking about that in a different podcast and saying how the future or part of the future, because there's so much to it, is going to be brands turning employees into influencers as well. So what do you feel most marketers tend to struggle with? I think most marketers really struggle with the how fast-paced marketing sometimes can be. Oh, yeah. Whether it's a different social movement that's going on or one of the latest trends or one of the funniest memes that's happening at the moment, those things are great. And really capitalizing on them in that moment is, I think, a mistake that people make when they wait too long. Those moments pass by quickly. And when you post that maybe two weeks later, I think for me, that's something that when I see it, I'm like, man, that's a missed mark. You look a little behind the times. Yeah, it's like, that is so 2018. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I keep going back to the to TikTok platform, but you're right. It's like one day, from one day to another, you have this whole new TikTok trend and brands are like still trying to catch up and learn these trends. And by the time they do something about it, it's already too late. I think that goes back to the red tape of organizations. And so there are bigger brands who maybe do have a few more channels to go through. And I think as a marketer for maybe larger corporations that have that red tape or even like government municipal agencies, um, building that connection is needed through social media, but then there's so many layers and that's a struggle that the marketer then faces of how do I stay current, but also do this in this timely fashion. So it's a hard line, I think, for people to tread. Yeah, I agree. And if someone were to come up to you and ask you, how do I stay on top of these trends? What can I do? Or how can I fix this? What would you tell them? I would tell them that you can't just be on the giving end of social media. You can't be the one who's always producing it. You also have to be an active consumer with that. In order to really stay with those fast trends, you have to be on social media yourself. You can't just think, oh, I'm, I do marketing at work and I'm, do, I'm posting these things all day. Um, and then just think, oh, now I'm at home and that's it. Which in reality, I understand that's turning off your brain and, and all of that. But social media, I really feel like you have to be the consumer of it also. You have to be the person you're trying to reach on the other end. Otherwise, 
it falls flat in that sense. Yeah, I agree. You tend to sound a little bit tone deaf if you don't know what you're doing or what's going on on each of these platforms, because we all know each of these platforms has their own way of consumption. People share different types of content in different ways that they consume it in different ways. So I agree. I like that response. You have to be a consumer of each social media platform. 100%. Yeah. And I read this article the other day. There's this group I follow on LinkedIn, the Marketing Millennial. And surprise, I'm a millennial. Right. Um, and, um, and it talked about how the marketing brain never turns off. And it really resonated with me because now there are times when like I'll be at home and I'm watching a commercial and I'm like, wow, that insurance company really got me today. They knew how to connect with me <laughs> and their marketers are on point. I like how you said it was an insurance company out of everything. <laughs> I remember it very specifically. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the future of marketing looks like to you? Or, and how can brands or teams prepare for this? You mentioned something earlier where you said Gen Z's attention span is short. And so I, one of the things I think that will change in the future of marketing is email. I think email is a long form of communication. I think, I am not saying I think email will be completely gone forever, but I think it will still be used for communication. But I think marketers will slowly start to see that their email communications may not hold as much value or return on investment as a social media thread or um, a TikTok video. So I really think one, this is, email but number two i think video is really video and youtube content is very is making a larger rise i know so many people who at night really just turn on youtube on their tv because it's now a streaming app just like netflix and hulu and everything else so it's much more easily accessible and i know a ton of people who just at night will just watch youtube videos endlessly so i think elimination of email with more video content. Wow, that's funny that you say that because I literally write a weekly email every, <laughs> but you know what? Where's the value in these emails, right? It goes back to that. And you open your email nowadays and it's just spam after spam after spam. People are becoming a lot more selective about who they're giving their email to and why. So either yes, email will disappear or B, marketers will have to figure out how they're gonna have to give value to these people and make it a newsletter worth subscribing to. Exactly. Like in data is a weird thing that comes into play too with people wanting to give email addresses. And I read something the other day about Gen Z has three different emails, one for spam, one for important stuff. And I forgot what the other category was, but it's just multiple tiers and it's crazy communication. And it's, I think it becomes, it's becoming more of a hassle. Yeah, because you have to filter through everything and then you have to unsubscribe to things that you didn't even know you were subscribed to. And then video, 100%, especially you're seeing it right now with YouTube shorts. You're seeing it with TikTok. You're seeing it with Reels. Video is the future. Yeah, and I've, I really, and I've recently discovered that there are, peop, there are TikTok influencers who jump to YouTube and just make TikTok compilations of their in a longer YouTube format. 
I need to watch that because I need some inspiration in my life. I want to see how influencers are recreating or reusing those TikToks because just look at the reach. And I'm hearing a lot of really good things about YouTube shorts too. So I'm going to do a little more digging there. I watched, um, I watched like a Demi Lovato documentary on YouTube. Um, and it's the second one I've watched about her actually. So Ooh, number one fan over here. <laughs> right. I want to know about your career a little bit. What was the turning point in your career? Was there a person or a podcast or an event that you feel just shaped it? Early in my career, I started in education and my very first supervisor, her name is Khalees McAlvin. She gave us a book when we joined her team and it was the strengths finder and I had never really taken like a deep personality assessment or anything like that and strengths finder really taught me that my top five strengths are communication influencing traits which I didn't know I just thought oh cool I'm just personable I get along with people it's fine it's fun and I didn't realize the power that came with and that that doesn't come naturally to some people. And so really through her giving me that book and obviously providing guidance to me throughout my education journey, it's that book really helped me realize the marketing potential that I could have. You were born a marketer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That based off the book tells me, yes, my, like the number one strength is communication. And it talks about how, I, how I don't enjoy talking to people. I enjoy telling people stories, which, which really that's what social media is. And that's what marketing is. Did you always know you wanted to be in marketing or did it just happen when you went into education? No, it happened on accident. When I went into education, I became a board member for an after-school organization as their communication chair. It was their only chair that they had available, but I really wanted to be on the board. So I was like, I'll just do it. I'll like, I've used social media my whole life. I can email some people. (laughs) And then it snowballs and here you are. Yeah, pretty much. And then I did a whole career change after that. So (laughs) if it makes you feel any better, I went to school for forensic science and I was, I, they nominated me as director of marketing for a fraternity there. And yeah, same story by accident. I just kept going with it. I really liked it. I didn't even know what marketing was before college, to be completely honest with you. Wow. So. Okay. When I left high school, I was like, I'm going to be an accountant. That's, that's my life. That's the small data part of my brain where when marketing comes in and I have to really analyze some, some numbers and things that the marketing piece of my brain is helpful. There or the accounting go. piece of my brain is helpful. <laughs> nice. Where do you look for inspiration? Honestly, the te- my current team that I work with now, provide they really provide inspiration to me every day. We are a diverse group of marketing professionals who we all, <laughs> we all really have a completely different style, but somehow through the magic of our marketing department and Z Prime, we all gel really well together. And so we really draw a lot of inspiration from each other in the sense of our marketing meetings turn into that idea turns into an I, another idea that somebody has that pile on top of their idea. And so it's really like an inspiration tank. And so internally, that's that my team is very inspirational to me. And on a social media side, 
there, I follow a local weatherman here in Austin. His name is David Yeoman and his Facebook and Instagram accounts are the perfect blend of weather updates. I know, weird. Weather updates, personal life, education, and really just authenticity. He does like this series on um, climate change and weather and how there is a correlation there, but he also gives weather updates. But, but then he shares personal information like him and the meteorologist team at the lake. And so it's really such a balanced content newsfeed that when I look at his newsfeed specifically, and I know it's weird because he's a meteorologist, <laughs> But that gives me so much inspiration for the con for diverse content that I always try and tell people we need to have. I love that you said that because it's hard to make weather exciting, but you're absolutely right. It's like, how do you find the right mix of content? You're literally telling us right now, be fun be personable be authentic, share education, find a little bit of everything. It's not about selling. I love this so much, the weather. <laughs> I'm going to have to check him out for sure. You will. You will. And you're going to go through his feed and you're going to be like, wow, this is a very balanced feed because all of those things, you're right. That builds that same connection we talked about earlier that really ties all those together. And yeah, you might not be interested in what he's doing on the weekend, but maybe you're interested in why it's been raining so much or why it hasn't rained in 30 days. And that content is there for you as well. Oh man, I'm going to be his number one fan after this probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what advice do you have for marketers or creatives who look up to you? That flexibility and adaptability are going to be your number one pillars of success. Social media and marketing moves fast, so you have to be flexible on when things can go out, if they should even go out, but you also have to be adaptable to platforms going down and what do you do in those cases? And maybe you're working with a client who isn't really on some social medias where your audience is really big. And what do you do to bridge those gaps? And how do you be adaptable in those situations in order to be successful? So be flexible and adaptable. Yeah, absolutely. Social media moves way too fast to just be stagnant. You have to keep moving. You do, or you'll be left behind. And yeah. then we'll be talking about you on this. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to be talked about on future marketing. Maybe you do in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you wind down after a long day of work? What's your go-to? Pre-COVID, pre I would wind down with Prosecco and TV shows. Now I've just added to that mix. I've now included plants. I'm re I've recently gotten into indoor plants. And I, got, I bought my first plant in April, and it is now June, mid-June, and I probably have 60 house plants now. <gasps> Yeah, no. I don't know. Are you serious? I don't know how it happened. It was a true overcommitment. But oh my god! Now, now I I tend to my plants with the prosecco, which is nice. And then my husband and I have two dogs, and so we the plant they'll walk around with us too and check on the plants with us because they're two small dogs that just follow us around. That is so funny that you say that because I was reading. I think it was probably a TikTok or something. It was like 
the your dogs and cats are now the children of millennials and your plants are the pets just yes yes pretty accurate (laughs) 100% because if anything were to happen to my dogs to my little dogs I they I I would have a meltdown probably (laughs) oh I know I have three of them that's a lot (laughs) oh yeah so the plant the plants on top of the dogs and I we also have a aquarium of about eight fish so that's also a thing and that is so cool I want an aquarium but I used to have a goldfish no I it wasn't even my goldfish it was a friend's goldfish and it like flew out of its little container and I was coined the goldfish killer because it just happened to die when I was there. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm traumatized. You needed to distract it for the two seconds. Yeah, it's the two seconds. That was it. That was definitely yeah. it. <laughs> All right. So final question for you. What are you excited about or looking forward to? Z, Z Prime has been producing a lot of digital events um, over the past year and a half, and we had never really produced digital events before, but we've been a remote company for as long as I've worked here, actually, since the creation of Z Prime. So pivoting to digital events was super easy for us, but what I'm looking forward to the most is we're now having talks of physical events, and as I talked about earlier, my and my strengths finder are like communication, competition, a whole bunch of other ones that really focus around communication and connection. So I'm so excited for physical events to be back around people again and to really just build connections again in person. Yeah, you can't replace that. I can't wait for that. But now I feel like events are going to be way bigger because now you have the virtual component and the physical component. Exactly. And that's just a whole new hurdle we're going to learn about. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'll be sure to contact you again to see how that's going for you because I'm excited to see how people are dealing with hybrid events. Just wait for my phone call. Yes, we're, we actually discussed a hybrid event we're doing that we're going to start to plan for later in the year. So that's exciting. Nice. Okay, well, invite me if you want. Obviously. <laughs> You're already on the list. Nice. VIP, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Future of Marketing. Future of Marketing is a companion podcast to the acclaimed Future of Marketing newsletter. More than 20,000 marketing leaders find resources, strategies, and analysis in this free weekly blast. Sign up today at futureofmarketing.tintup.com. Your likes, reviews, and shares help us grow. Please rate us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until next time, keep your eyes on the future of marketing.